Good morning. Welcome to church on Pentecost Sunday. Let's become quiet in the presence of the Lord. The Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. For our opening hymn, we're going to read from hymn 162, Holy Ghost with Light Divine. Let's read hymn 162. Holy Ghost with Light Divine, shine up on this heart of mine. Chase the shades of night away, turn my darkness into day. Holy Ghost with power divine, cleanse this guilty heart of mine. Long have sin without control, held dominion o'er my soul. Holy Ghost with joy divine, cheer this saddened heart of mine. Bid my many woes depart, heal my wounded bleeding heart. Holy Spirit, all divine, dwell within this heart of mine. Cast down every idle throne, reign supreme and reign alone. Amen. In 1 John 1, verses 8 and 9, we read, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let's confess our sins and receive absolution. Father, we have sinned against heaven and against you. We are not worthy to be called your children. We turn to you again. Have mercy on us. Bring us back to yourself as those who once were dead but now have life through Christ our Lord. Lord our God, in our sin we have avoided your call. Our love for you is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Have mercy on us. Deliver us from judgment. Bind up our wounds and revive us. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, the Father of mercies, has reconciled the world to Himself through the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ, not counting our trespasses against us, but sending His Holy Spirit to shed abroad His love among us. By the ministry of reconciliation entrusted by Christ to His Church, receive His pardon and peace to stand before Him in His strength alone this day and evermore. Amen. Let's profess our faith of the Apostolic Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into Hades. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. First scripture reading today was from Numbers chapter 11, verses 24 to 30. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, you, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all of the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. <clears throat> Second reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation and under heaven. When they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the gospel reading is from John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. 
On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Let's pray. Almighty God, on this day of Pentecost, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you sent to rest on the disciples and on each one of us. We thank you that the Spirit is alive and working in our lives, that it directs us towards Christ and what Christ did for us. Almighty God, we thank you for all the other gifts that we receive from you so undeservedly. You are so generous towards us, you bless us with so much and help us to see the good and the positive things that are still out there, even during times such as these. Help us to focus on you and to see past our own little issues and, and problems and look towards what you are doing in this world. Dear Lord, we ask that you will be with each and every one. You know who needs what. You know who needs healing. We ask that you will heal them. You know who needs solutions to problems that they've been struggling with. And we ask that you will give them the answer they need and direction and wisdom. Guide all of us, wherever we might be, in whatever situation. Show us your light at all times. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who died for us, the one who has risen, the one who has ascended to heaven, and who is there now on the right hand of God the Father. Amen. A couple of days ago, we went for a hike in the forest. And during this hike, we came upon a huge tree that fell directly over the trail we were walking on. And to move such a huge, huge tree out of a trail in a forest is not that easy. But there is a solution to this problem. Someone took a chainsaw and they sawed through this tree so that a gap is formed in the tree stump that you can walk through. And as we were walking through this gap, I showed Leslie Jr. what we were walking through. He remarked that it is such a huge tree that fell over and he asked me how it could happen. I told him that it was probably the wind that blew the tree over. And he said to me that he has difficulty believing that a wind can be so strong that it can take down such a massive tree. We know, of course, what a huge force wind can be. It can be extremely violent, but it can also be useful. Wind can be used as an energy source. Wind can power sailboats, windmills, wind generators, and so on. 
pastor always thinks about the next sermon that has to be delivered. It doesn't matter where you are and what time it is. Thoughts about the sermon are never far away. No matter where you are, it's always there in the back and sometimes front of your mind until you write and deliver your sermon. After this short discussion with my six-year-old son, as we continued the hike, I started to think about the significance of the fact that a spirit came on Pentecost with wind. Walking in the forest among the massive trees, I started to think about something else that can devastate such huge trees, and that's fire. We know, of course, that a spirit came on Pentecost with fire as well. Fire can be dangerous. When a fire really gets going, it can spread and it can destroy vast forests and a lot of other things. A house, among other things, can go up in flames surprisingly quickly. But fire is also an energy source. It can provide heat and even light that could be used for a multitude of things. The Spirit came with wind and fire, things that are so immensely powerful. When one reads the Bible, one can see that a good Lord often showed that He is present by using these two elements. In Genesis 1 verse 2, we can read about the wind or Spirit of God and how creation followed. Moses, of course, called, was called from the burning bush. We can read in Exodus 19 and 20 how God gave the Ten Commandments while Mount Sinai was burning. Because of this, the Jews of biblical times associated wind and fire with God giving something of importance. A blessing, a gift. Those that were present on Pentecost Day in Jerusalem when the Spirit came upon the disciples would have made a connection between the wind and fire and God's presence. Wind and fire also form part of the four classical elements. The four classical elements are wind, fire, water and earth. In the Gospels, we can read that Jesus referred to himself as the water of life. We can see in the Bible that wind and fire are used to say something of God the Father and the Holy Spirit's presence, and water about Jesus' presence. But what about the fourth element? What about earth? Doesn't that say something about God? Well, earth actually refers to us. It refers to us, the people who God made. In Genesis 2 verse 7, we can see that man was made from the dust of the earth. An interesting thing that one can mention is that fire, wind and water can influence the earth. This earth can be shaped by fire, wind and water in numerous ways. God didn't only make us and then left us alone. No, He kept on shaping us and He still does. He influences us 
He works on us and in us, and He will continue to do this into the future. Like fire and water and wind work on this earth, our Almighty Triune God works in our lives. We have an active God that works actively in our lives. We all know what Jesus did for us on the cross. We know that His blood washed away our sins and made forgiveness and salvation possible. We know that He rose from the grave and that He overcame death and that we will therefore overcome death as well and live with Him unto eternity in heaven. But what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit makes things happen in our lives. It influences us and shapes us. Like wind, fire and water can transform how something on earth looks, the Holy Spirit transforms us. Wind, water and fire can all be used in one way or another to purify earth. Jesus purified us through his blood on the cross. The Holy Spirit keeps on reminding us of that. And keeps on to constantly purify us. The Holy Spirit gives what's needed when it's needed. The reason we receive gifts from the Spirit is so that we can be reminded of Christ and what he did and also so that we can proclaim what Christ did to the world. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit gave the disciples the ability to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in different languages to the people that spoke those languages. This unique gift was what was needed in that time to make sure that the gospel spread across the world. One can understand how it works. If you are in a foreign country among people that speak a foreign language and someone starts to speak in your own language, you just go to that person. It's just so nice to hear your own language and you are willing to listen to whatever that person has to say. It seems that there were people from all over the world in Jerusalem on that day of Pentecost. The moment all of them heard their own languages, being spoken, they were open to listen to the message. The Holy Spirit gave the disciples a captive audience for the gospel message in an instant. It's no wonder that we can see that the church grew by thousands on that day and it grew on a daily basis thereafter. The good Lord works in mysterious ways. In the situation we are in now, the whole world adapted to online means of communication. The church worldwide did very well by immediately reaching out to this captive online audience. Churches adapted what they had to bring the message in this way. People often complain about how slow churches are moving or how they don't change fast enough. It wasn't true this time. 
this change happened overnight. It's amazing to see how even small churches suddenly have an online presence. We all know that it's not really a new thing for churches to post videos and live stream services online. But in the past it was only the really big churches that did this. Now most churches, at least those in the developed world, does this in one way or another. And it is great. On a Sunday morning I can listen to sermons not only from the famous preachers of the mega churches, I can also listen to the pastor of a small local church, wherever it might be. Those sermons of the normal, everyday pastors are just as good. They bring something else to the table that the world needs to hear. When you listen to that sermon, you can hear how this pastor worked with the biblical text during that week and how the Holy Spirit worked with him or her. Christianity is not only practiced by the impressive mega churches, it's also practiced by the pastor and the members of countless small churches all over the world. Those people love God as well, and they also have a message that the world should hear. When all of this is over, my hope is that those smaller churches will continue to broadcast the message of hope in Christ that they have. The voices of the smaller churches are voices that need to be heard. They have something of value to say that the world can listen to. We all know that an online service can't replace an in-person worship service. As soon as churches feel it is safe to reopen, they will and services will continue. Our prayer is that this will happen sooner rather than later. But during this time, more people were reached by means of these online services than those who just regularly attend the church service. Maybe some regular churchgoers didn't watch the videos or listen to the sound broadcasts of services. But believe me, a lot of people who are not regular churchgoers did listen. These messages reached people that never believed in Jesus before. And it reached a lot of those who drifted away from Christ and His church throughout the years. In the end, the good Lord can choose anything, any event, to let His will be done. The Holy Spirit is at work during this pandemic as well. The Spirit gave people the inclination and ability to use the resources that's available in our time to proclaim the gospel during these circumstances. This should provide us with joy. Pentecost is a time when we should be glad. It's a joyous celebration. The word Pentecost comes from the Greek word Pentecoste, that means the 50th. Why is it important to know this? It's important because the Holy Spirit came during an existing celebration called Pentecost or the Feast of the Weeks. 
In Deuteronomy 16 verse 9 we read that seven weeks after the harvest started, the people should celebrate. Seven weeks times seven days give you 49 days, which is close to 50. So 50 days after the harvest started, the people of biblical times held a festival called the Festival of the Weeks or Pentecost, the 50th. That festival was a joyous celebration. It was a harvest festival. So you celebrate the fact that you could harvest so much grain that you will have enough to eat until the next harvest comes. You celebrate the fact that the Lord gave you and all the people around you enough food to live for another year. In a time where you lived from year to year and where your existence depended on that one harvest a year. You are ecstatic with joy when you have that grain harvested and stored. You are so grateful. As long as we can hear the good news of what Jesus did for us, we have a whole lot to be grateful and joyful about. Let's remember to thank God for everything we have. Let's also remember to thank Him that we can still receive the hopeful message of what Jesus Christ did for all of us. Amen. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.